0: Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. ...and look at old guys, ways people used to pray like Reese Howes or whoever, but um i i just know like david you know uh when the giant showed up you know saul tried to put his armor on david but david was like "Ah, i'm just gonna use my rock you know my little sling and so in doing that he slayed that giant and this is what i know i know this i know that this subject right here that we're going to talk about right here it impacts the local church and when it impacts the local church it impacts the city when it impacts a city, it impacts a state, a nation, uh, it impacts the world, and it impacts the people groups that y'all are supposed to touch, and it impacts whoever you're supposed to reach also. And that is the subject of praying for your pastor. That is what I teach on, and I'm not sorry for it. And I just had to teach it at <laughs> his former church. Yeah, I'm pray for your pastor, and I'm the new pastor, right? It's like so awkward. But... Um, <coughs> That's how they're going to prosper, is if they'll line it up on me and my husband, then they're going to pull out the vision God gave us, and then God's going to start showing you your part in that vision, and then tremendous power will be made available for the church, and then you will rise up and go do what God called you to do. And that's what we see with our prayers, in our prayer departments, is that they do pray for the pastors, but then as the vision comes out, they do find their place. And they're not just a bunch of deformed prayers in a dark room praying all the time. We're the prayers of the church. Really? You're kind of scaring me. Uh, You know, my husband says he doesn't like that word, oh, we're prayers. He likes the word Christians. We're Christians. And so we pray, we find the will of God, and we don't just stay in a dark room praying all the time. We actually go up and become answers to our prayers. Amen. And so like I was reminded, so that's what I line up on. I line up on the pastor. So like with bowling, whatever, is that a sport? Anyway, um, <clears throat> I, whenever I've gone bowling, uh, I always, well, I remember a bowling story. Because you guys used to have those meetings in Effingham, you know. And there was like a bowling alley attached to that. You remember that, and so one night, Pastor Ray and I—he goes, let's go bowling. I go, okay, fine. And so Pastor Ray G Wilson and I went to go bowling, and uh, this way we weighed like five thousand pounds too. And uh, he he goes to bowl, and he must have stepped. Uh, like across the line or something, and they must have had some wicked wax on there because he started, his feet started moving. Have you ever seen those cartoons, like a cartoon, guy's going to run, and like first the cartoon guy will lift up and his feet just move for a while, and all of a sudden he's gone with little clouds of smoke. That's what Pastor Ray's feet look like right there. And uh, he's like, like that, and then he fell in the gutter and was stuck in the gutter. And then we just, I go, that's amazing. He goes, this is amazing, isn't it? I go, that's amazing. I go, the Lord's so good to let us see that happen. And then he goes, that's hilarious. And so we got up, finally, and uh, we went to the desk there, and we said, hey, you got your security cameras. You got a video I just fell in your gutter. And that guy's like, no, no, we got no cameras. Because, of course, he thought he was going to sue him or something. But that would be amazing on America's Funniest Videos or something. So, but my bowling technique, I've never opened up a service with this before, is they got little lines on the floor. And so I'm just like lining it up, usually on the second to the middle one. And it knocks the pins down. If you pray for your pastor, even though it seems like an odd thing to pray about or for, uh, God will knock down the works of the devil, and you will find the plan and purpose of God, and you will affect your city. And I have scriptural examples, and I have real life examples of what we're seeing right now. Amen. So let's go to First Timothy two one and two. Oh man, I used the new outline. Okay, whatever. First Timothy two. Does anyone have a physical Bible I could use? Um, no, dude. I won't take your Bible. You got a physical? Can I use it? What translation is it? Uh, it's a King James and Amplified. Oh, you want me to use yours, Pastor David? What, ba- what translation is it? It's uh, King James. Oh, that's is that okay? Oh, yeah, that's all Lonnie will use. Anything else? <laughs> he considers you to be a Muslim. Okay. <laughs> Nothing against Muslims. Go. Oh, we have to be so careful. First Timothy 2 and 1 and 2. You're well familiar with this? I'm in Thessalonians. Jesus, help me. Give me tabs. You been to Bible school? Yeah, I still want tabs. Let's see. I know this is all you're getting for your money, right? <laughs> it's like I'll be here all week, tip your waitresses. 1 Timothy 2. One. Okay, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. I exhort, first of all, that, that, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. And says here that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in godliness and honesty. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So you're used to hearing this scripture about the president or about different kings. But I propose to you this is your pastor's. Because they are in authority. We're talking about the church world. Yes, pray for the president, but pray for your pastor, for they stand in authority in the local church. Hallelujah. And then it says here uh, the word of 1 Timothy 2 1 here. We're going in 1. Giving you thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all that are in authority that we may have a peaceful and quiet life and godly. This is good and acceptable in sight of God our Savior, who desires all. Three times the word all is mentioned there. I heard Patsy Caminetti, who is the lady I learned prayer from, she said, if you pray this prayer, it affects all people everywhere. So there's so much prayer teaching out there, but I want stuff that works. I don't want to base stuff on stuff that people had happened or premonition. I want to base it on the word. And right here, this seems so odd just to pray for your leaders, but it says it affects all people. And there is no God doing stuff outside the local church. Okay, even, you know, people are like, well, God's going to pour his spirit out in bars. Well, maybe, but you know, no. He's going to start in the local church, and he's going to take an ember of that and send it into a bar. Because if he just pours his spirit out on a bartender tonight and saved, he's got, what's that going to lead people to? No, it's the rain, praying for the rain, it followed Elijah. So it's going to follow you. The rain's going to fall in the local church. The glory is going to fall in the local church. And then the church is going to affect the cities. Yes. So here also, too, got a lot of prayers running rogue. Oh, we just pray we don't go to church. Well, that's really scary. Verse 2, for kings and all who are in authority that we may, that we can have a quiet and a peaceable life in godliness and honesty, All these benefits just show up if you are a part of a local church and you're praying for your pastor. It's a byproduct. And this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. I'm going to add this too. This is how people get saved. This is how people get saved. And this is how you and I come to a greater knowledge of the truth also. It's in the local church. And I'll show you how to do this. It's way awesome. Another idea here is that, um, you know, this embeds you in the local family. And if you're believing God for your family members to be saved, get tighter and tighter into the local church. And God will deal with your family, amen? Don't go running after them because they're tired of hearing from you. (laughs) Head towards the father from whom all fatherhood takes its name, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And then he will go after your family. Um, Just recently, um, I talked to my dad, you know, and when I first got saved, I would put Chick tracks in his mailbox, you know, uh, which has God at the end. It's a cartoon with no face, kind of scary. Anyway, and then I would preach to him, blah, blah, blah. And my parents were like, oh, my gosh, are you going to wear sheets and go in airports and ask for money? They did not know what was wrong with me. And so, you know, and then I went to Raymond. and Brother Hagin said, Don't preach to your family. Just trust God and believe for laborers to go to them. And then I add to that, get embedded in the family of God. And the only way I ever prayed for my family, was I'm like, God, I am seeking after you. And the Bible says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all these thangs will be added to you. But Proverbs says he finds a good wife, finds a good thing. So if you want your thangs following you, you seek first God. And that's the only prayer I ever prayed. I said, God, I am seeking you first. And I ask while I'm seeking you first, you put my family in a microwave wrapped in foil and just <laughs> blow them up. Oh, I know. So about three weeks ago, I was talking to my dad, and I happened to send him a little Charles Caps book, you know, because he seems like he's more open now. I'm like, we'll see what he does with that, you know what I mean? And so then I, said, I called him and said, Dad, did you get that little Charles Caps book? He goes, yes, I did. And he goes, I like that book, and I understand that book. If I ever thought a day would come when I'd sit and walk, talk about Charles Capps with my dad. But, you know, he'll give you desires of your heart, but put his stuff first. In fact, that's even what Brother Hagen said right there. It says, first of all, prayers, intercessions. Pray for your leaders. It don't make no sense, but it puts you under God and his system. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'm hurrying along here. So um, we have other things here too. We won't turn there, but in Ephesians 4, it says God gave gifts. When Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. He gave pastors, hallelujah. What were they for? They're for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So there's pieces of equipment, you study, you pray, but there's equipment in there, you only get through that, praying for them. And I want everything Jesus paid for. Um, Last of all, John chapter 10, where Jesus is talking about the office of the shepherd. That is the word pastore. It's a pastor's office. And he said something about that office is an actual doorway. He said, I'm the good shepherd and I'm the door. It's a door to finding what God wants you to do. He also said, if you'll go through that door, you'll go in and then you'll go out again and find your own pasture in the world. And so when we tell you how to pray for your pastors, that's what will happen to you. You'll go in and see the vision. It'll become a part of you. You'll rise up and go do it. Also, that's where it says um, that I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. There's money being attached to the local church. God will bless you financially. And so what do you pray? Well, you pray the little prayer I just told you about. Ephesians 6.19. Let's just go there one more time real quickly here. Ephesians 6.19 says here, and for me. So the first thing you're going to do is pray for your pastors. And it says here, for utterance. Uh, And that's uh, supported, that word utterance, it just means that God would open their mouth to speak forth what he wants to say. So you just ask for it. Well, I don't know what it means. Don't worry about it, just ask for it. Hallelujah. Also, uh, there are scriptures that talk about, and my preaching and my teaching were not in enticing words of men's wisdom but an actual demonstration of the spirit and of power. So if you pray for your pastors to have unction, just this little prayer on the way to church, but mean it, hallelujah. I mean you get up and you you know take a bath and put your pants on, why don't you go ahead and pray this prayer so you can have actual unction actual the bible says the good shepherd will call you by name i don't know how many stories i have of where people they read their bible they're praying but they come to church and the pastor says something that is a final supplement to what they needed yeah. hallelujah and so um just pray this little prayer you're going to ask you're going to pray for them you're going to ask for utterance like this scripture says here that god would open their mouth you're just going to ask for unction you pray this little prayer ephesians 6:19. God, I ask that as I go to church this morning, I'm asking you for Pastor JC and for Pastor Kimberly, that utterance would be given to them, that they may open their mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Hallelujah. If you do that, the whole sermon will change. You can add little um, acts of faith, like taking out a pen and having a notebook too. That'll change things. Hallelujah. And he'll he'll make their tongue like the pen of a ready writer. You're ready to write. Another thing you can pray, and I really not preach this this much this way, but, um, well, and first of all, boldness also. Boldness is not a personality type. The Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they took note they'd been with Jesus. The Bible says that when the apostles were praying, they say, grant to thy servants uh, that with all boldness they may speak forth your word by, stretching forth your hand with signs, wonders, and miracles in the name of the holy child Jesus. That is a semicolon there. So what is boldness? I really don't know. But it's when God drops on a minister to, speech, to speak in such a way that there's a demonstration of the Spirit. Amen? Are you with me? Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to rush here. Uh, let's see here. And so you have all that. But then you also have the Ephesians prayer. And uh, that's another prayer in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1:17 through 23, if you want to turn there. If you really want to just take some time and pray for your pastor. Soak in it, hallelujah. And what will happen is, as you pray that prayer for your pastor, God will begin to show you their heart. So you pray for unction on Sunday morning, that's a quickie prayer. But I encourage you to take some time during the week and just pray that for your pastors, which would be like this, oh Father. I ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you for Pastor JC and Pastor Kimberly I ask that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened and they would know the hope of your calling and the glorious inheritance in the saints Sebrovato Sebrobanggea Angelic assistance of the fremaniste Ployo the eyes of their hearts being enlightened and they'll go, boy, that's where. What, 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 Zega David do no. still praying that prayer. Still praying that prayer, but because you pray the word, Holy Ghost shows up, tries to interrupt. Usually I don't let him interrupt. I wait till the end of the prayer because then he really interrupts. But we're taking a little exit here. I was on that. I ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I ask the eyes of their heart will be enlightened. They know the hope of their calling and the glorious in here. Well, how do we reach a city? How do we reach a city? Look what's inside the van. Look what's inside them. Look what's inside them. What are the gifts? What are the gifts, hallelujah? What are the preferences in their hearts? What things are their hearts Drawn to? What subjects are they drawn to? And what actual gifts do they flow in? They look at those gifts, hallelujah, and move in those gifts, and the city will just be reached. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we ask that in the fun say. and in an infancy stage. Maybe it's in an infancy stage. Echo banche, banche, leche. Eateria na tomo Eder, eder, eder. Mary Wordworth eder. Eder, 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 eder. Eder. exceeding greatness of your power we ask that they would know that the exceeding greatness of your power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you seated him at your right hand in the heavenlies far above principalities powers, mights and dominions and every name that's named both now and in the ages yet to come and you gave him to be head over the church which is his body the fullness of him who filleth all in all. But it's so odd, manje and then we got this new thing sitting here, hallelujah, pagan Astanochta. Pastor Kimberly, hey hey hey, glory, hallelujah, worship worship worship, and probably healing there too, healing, healing in the casca pacha, healing es amansto, en brofadoro and women's means, but what is the thing? It's always, it's a monsta. It's just so weird. Minister to ministers, (laughs) minister to ministers, (laughs) ministers' meetings. Is that how we reach our city? Just do what God told you to do. Just doing what God told us to do. Just doing what God told us to do. Seeking first his kingdom. Hallelujah. And he gives us the city, the state, and the nation too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you go ahead and lift your hands and praise God? Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how you pray the Ephesians prayer for your pastors. And you just stretch out there and see what's going on there. Hallelujah. That's how we reach a city. That's how we reach a state, a nation. That's how we reach the world. That's how we reach people. That's how we delve not, oh, nations, nations, nations. Now, they're the nation's people, right? The breeds of the nation's people. But also, let's look at nations as their people. They're people, and there's whole groups of people. That, that span nations, like maybe the 20- to 30-year-olds, like maybe the ones, the Cyberdoor people, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, we're, we've got a group now that's starting to pray for gamers. Hallelujah. There are people groups. Hallelujah. And it's not boring. It's so fun. Are you with me still? Cool. So let's go ahead and go, uh, well, that God would open their mouth. We'll see. Hallelujah. Pastor, what time are you usually done here? You sure? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and look at Acts 10.33, and I'll give you an example of this. This is a scriptural example. Acts 10.33. I didn't even do my donkey. (laughs) The Bible also is a weird word there. It says there, pray that God would open his mouth. Keep going, Acts 10.33. Acts 10.33, and then, you you know, in that prayer, is so weird. Uh, Pray that God would open his mouth to make known the mystery. I'm like, God, that's so weird. Open his mouth. What do you think he's not going to talk with his mouth or something? And uh, then you go back into... Numbers where Balaam's donkey was, and uh, that donkey, uh, God says the the Lord opened the donkey's mouth to talk to the prophet. It's the same word there as open the mouth of the pastor. Do you know what I mean? Not calling your pastor a donkey, but um, it means that God can open a donkey's mouth. He can open your pastor's mouth. With divine wisdom and revelation. They're laughing way too hard on the back row. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If God could open the mouth of a donkey with, he had an open-eyed vision too. Oh, it wasn't a he, it was a she. As a she, and she spoke perfect Hebrew, and she had an open-eyed vision. So she moved in all the gifts. Uh, I don't know. She's like Brother Hagin as a donkey or something. I don't know. And so all the way back there, she said all that stuff. If God could do that to To a donkey, he can do it to your pastor. Amen. And so, but we're gonna look at the scriptural results of this effect. Acts ten thirty-three. Things are completely different after the death, burial, and resurrection. Acts ten thirty three. Oh, right. Acts ten. It's not marked, so I don't know. So awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that makes you look like you don't sell your Bible. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right, okay. So Acts chapter 10. Oh, maybe it's in here. Acts chapter 10. I mean, it's all in there, but whatever. Acts 10. So there's this guy named Corny, Cornelius. And Cornelius was what? Yeah, but it starts... Uh, let's go with 10.1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the, uh, uh, called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God as always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel coming, an angel of God coming to him and said to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, thy prayers and thine alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send, so this is just a guy. This is not a five-fold minister. This is a guy who is uh, faithful to pray and give tithes and offerings, right? And all of a sudden, an angel shows up to him. Verse 5, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's, he lodges one with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea, and he'll tell you what you ought to do. So this, after the death, burial, and resurrection, it used to be in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come on kings and uh, prophets, and then they would come to the cities, and people would be all freaked out. They were the only ones that could hear from God, but everything's different after the new birth. You have the Holy Spirit in you, hallelujah. He writes on your heart the laws of God, amen, and also the ministry gifts are different now, and they cannot do their job without you, and so... Continuing over here, we cut back, like a movie, cut back, to where Peter is, and he's up on the top of some sort of hotel. Let's see here. Mm. No, that's not right. Okay, so then he's up on the housetop, and verse 9, on the same chapter. On the morrow, as they went their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. He became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at four corners and let down to the earth, wherein it were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said not so lord for i have never eaten anything that is common or unclean and the voice spoken to him the second time what god has cleansed thou shalt not call common the vessel was done thrice and the vessel was received up again into heaven and while he doubted himself while he doubted himself with this vision before he had seen him meant behold the men which were sent from cornelius had made inquiry from the simon's house stood before the gate and called and asked for him Verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing. Now, in the New King James, it says Peter did not know what that vision meant. And so what happened was these guys took Peter back to Cornelius' house. And so then they're sitting there in verse 33. and And Peter's saying, Why did you call me to come here? And Cornelius said, I called you to come here because God told me to bring you to my home with my family. See, again, we have a picture here of some guy hearing from God and sewing into a ministry gift. And here comes the ministry gift, and him and his whole household gets blessed. Somebody lining up with the family of God, and now their family's in place like those bowling pins get knocked over by the power of God. We got to do things God's way. And so here, and this is what he's saying again, verse 33. Immediately, Cornelius says, therefore I sent to you, and you've done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded thee of God. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth. See, it's again so weird. Talks about opening his mouth. And he said, of a truth I perceive, there is no, God is no respecter of person. And it says here, if you go down here, let's see here. He goes and preaches this whole thing here. Verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them who heard the word. And they have the circumcision. So the Holy Ghost falls on these people. They're getting saved. Gentiles are getting saved. People who had never been saved before. Uh, The Gentiles got saved. Verse 45. And they have the circumcision which believed were astonished as many came with Peter because that of the Gentiles was also poured out on the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So the whole Gentile world started getting saved there. And those that were the religious community started to see what was happening and they're getting saved. God opened Pete's mouth so wide that the Gentile dispensation walked through, and just because that's a scriptural precedence, that means when you pray for your pastors and they stand up here and speak, there is a sound that's emanating. There is a sound. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound. Was it an actual trumpet? Was it something that sounded like a tornado siren? I don't know, but spiritually. Saved people have ears and unsaved people have ears. Why? Because saved or unsaved, they're all spirits. We just happen to be born again spirits. And on that day, some kind of sound went out. And they came rocking and reeling out of the upper room. And it drew a list of probably 13 different nations' representatives to hear them. That's how far our mouths can be open. And that's how far their mouth can be open that a sound emanates to bring people in. Are you with me? Holly, I'm gonna give you another example here. So Brother Hagin, you know, he traveled for a long time. And he's driving that car, you know, with the big steering wheel. Man, that was really driving. And you know, there's no power windows, there's no power steering. He's driving and preaching the message of the word of faith. But then there came a day when God said, Now you gotta have a base. You gotta have a base of operations. And his traveling turned into a church. And it turned into a ministry base, and ultimately a church was formed out of that. And out of that base, <laughs> Brother Hagen got multiplied a lot. <laughs> Lots of graduates went out, and now the Hagens just sneeze and another Bible school starts. Hallelujah. And so God's intention was always the local church. Hallelujah. And those prayers, what were they doing? No. <laughs> the prayers—the prayer center started even before the church did. 200 prayers, prayer groups. 200 prayer groups. Praying the word constantly. And then here comes a church. And then out of that, here comes all this other stuff. Amen? It converts that itinerant ministry into a church and reaches the world. Hallelujah. We saw the same thing with Pastor Mark Brzee. consummate itinerant. I was his prayer coordinator. We're praying for him. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, when we had about 70 groups there praying for different nations, all of a sudden, though, our people come up to me, "I want to pray for marriages." I'm like, "What? Marit? What? This isn't an international ministry. A roving ministry. We don't pray for marriages here. Yeah, but I want to. We had all these other groups praying. And here come these people, led of the Spirit. They want to pray for marriages. And I'm like, okay, I guess you can. We let them pray for marriages. Then as soon as we did that, somebody came up and said, we want to pray for the youth. What? There ain't no youth here, dude. There's no, no, what? This is an itinerant ministry. So the youth group started. Youth, uh, the youth praying for the youth. Then when people came to me and said they want to start praying for children, I'm like, what is going on here? It was at that time that Billy Bond and Lonnie told me, it's a church, Dana. Yeah. We saw the church form in the midst of the prayer groups before we ever saw anything on the outside. Because God took that message, put branded it into a church, and flipped the thing to reach the world, amen? Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, so, and then Brother Moore, you know, he's traveling all around, in any church, you know what I mean? All these at church, become a church, become a church. But the thing I'm seeing now, hallelujah, Is that we have what we call prayer school. And prayer school, like I said, is groups that pray together. Groups of two or three. And there's a mandate on that number, two or three. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. And I keep seeing that scenario, two or three, two or three, over and over again in the Word. At Rhema, those prayer groups don't get any bigger than three people. So they have really tight synergy and it's scripturally based. So um, there's something about two or three. So y'all are doing good. Amen. When you come together and pray. Are you with me here? All right. So we're talking about real stuff. Amen. Not just pretty preaching. We're talking about getting stuff done. And so I started to help this man named Pastor David Kramer. He has a church in Arizona. And so he began to welcome prayer school into his church. And so we got groups. And what do we do? What do we do? What do, we, do? we start all the groups praying for the pastor. So we got like six or seven groups praying for the pastor, but that's fine because I know if we pray for the pastor, all these other groups will start coming out and all these other groups start coming out, they will be the vision of the pastor and they'll keep praying until they produce that vision, hallelujah, and they become part of it as well, amen. And so, um, yeah, and I, you know, I had to be careful too, you know, because we just took over their church, you know what I mean? And I'm the new kid on the block. You know what I mean? And, and Raymond tells you, when you step into another church, turn it slow. Slow! Hallelujah. So I'm learning all kinds of things. You know what I mean? Turn it slow, dude. You know what I mean? Praying for the pastors, helping me to know what to do there. Amen. But uh, so anyway, so groups of two or three. Hallelujah. So I'm there at Pastor David's church. we got six Groups praying for the pastors. That's why it's good they're praying for me to turn that thing slow. Six groups praying for the pastor. And then Pastor David shares that he has healing on his heart. I'm like, okay. I go, well, then maybe, how about if we have two ladies just praying for healing? Two. And he goes, okay, sounds good to me. Because before we start starting extra groups, we want to make sure that's right. You know what I mean? We want those groups. It's like when you do prayer groups and they're led of God. It's like maybe mitosis is my what call. called. It was where a cell is right here. Is that right? It was sort of mitosis? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought you were shaking your head. So here's a cell. I'm gonna. The cell's getting ready to to uh, double or whatever. Boom. That's what happens in prayer groups. And the master prayer coordinator, the Holy Ghost. If you will put the word out there and just yield to the Holy Ghost. I mean, I look all cool, especially in these tennis shoes. But uh, I am not the prayer coordinator. He is. And he will raise up groups. Hallelujah. I just act like I know what I'm doing. And then he does it. Hallelujah. And so those two little ladies just praying about healing. I said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pray the Ephesians prayer about the healing ministry at this church. They go okay, so it's two ladies that are praying, and then all of a sudden, uh, another group of people want to pray for healing, so we're like, all right, right, we'll let them. Boom! Now we have two groups, and so one of those groups prays over specific requests, and the other one is both of them are just praying the Ephesians prayer, digging out the healing ministry. So I told Pastor David, I said, okay, because uh, they're praying for they're praying for the pastor, and they're praying over this, and all of a sudden, you know, Revelation comes up to me. And uh, I'm like, oh, the Lord's like, now you got these prayers, praying for people's prayer requests that are sick. But now you got to have a healing school. And I'm like, why? He goes, because people are not to be coming to the prayers to ask them to pray for their healings all the time. There needs to be a healing school. Because if there's a healing school, you can pump the word out there, and the people who are seeking healing have another action they're able to do. Like with Jesus, they came to hear and be healed. So then they can get up, get in their car, and have an action to come here um, increase their word level and then your prayers are going to take off like nobody's business and get those healings so i'm like oh that's very interesting so i went and i told pastor david oh you got to have a healing school he goes i know i have to have a healing school i go okay well let me know when you're going to start it he goes all right i'll let you know never started it (laughs) and yet he's got this healing vision in his heart and so he he drove me around one day he goes "Now see this dana see these hotels This hotel is going to be a hospital, and this hotel is going to be a hotel that houses the sick as they come here. And then also, Dana, there's going to be uh, my church, and people are just going to drive there. It's going to be like a hospital, Dana. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's great. So again, are you going to start a healing school? Sure. When are you going to start it? I don't know. But still, those two ladies are digging. They're digging with that Ephesians prayer on the subject of healing. You know, you can attach that to whatever you want. If you don't know how to talk to your boss, put your boss's name in there. If you don't know what to do with your job, put your job in there. Hallelujah. And God will show you how to move forward in your life. If you're going to go to a nation, he knows this. But if you're going to go to a nation, put the nation in there. You have the city on your heart, put the city in there. And it'll extract revelation. So then, all of a sudden, the Lord told me, because, see, I'm a leader there, too. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, they're praying for that healing school. All of a sudden, the Lord goes, you're going to do it. And I'm like, excuse me? Because I was never interested in healing school at Ramah. My husband was. Like, there would there'd be prayer school and healing school at Ramah, right? So I would go to prayer school, so would my husband. And he would go on to healing school, and I'd be like, I'm out of here, dude. I don't care about healing. And so, you know, I just didn't care about it. But here's these two ladies er, digging with that Ephesians prayer regarding the healing ministry. I'm like, what do you mean I'm doing it? You know, my husband knows the healing anointing. Like, I've been with my husband in services before where his head turned purple, and he slid down the chair. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, the healing anointing just came in. I go, oh, you could beat me with a baseball bat. I didn't even know it. (laughs) Why don't God have someone like that do it? I don't know But so I said, okay, what do we do? And then all of a sudden, all this information, easily entreated information of how to set up a healing school comes to me. And I'm like, so I'm just writing stuff down to keep up with it. You know what I mean? And then I go to Pastor David, and I go, what do you think about this? And it's it's format. We're going to have a format. uh, Only an hour format. 20 minutes of PDFs that I supply. 20 minutes of uh, healing scriptures and a designated reading from a proven healing minister. Then 20 more minutes where the healing technician gets to share their own scripture and uh, illustration. And then 20 minutes where we sit with the congregation and we work two scriptures until they sense peace and joy come up in their body. And he said, that sounds great! And I'm like, so I did 52 PDFs, ready for those people that wanna learn how to teach healing, amen. And then, now we're having 52 matching videos as those healing technicians teach up here. And we're seeing results, hallelujah! we're seeing results, and, and people are speaking the word. And you see the, you start seeing, uh, like I got up that one morning, and I said, the first morning we we're going to do it, you know. And I'm like, okay, God, here we go. And he goes, now, Dana, you're used to speaking the word at home. He goes, but when you go do this with a congregation, there's going to be a corporate anointing. And so as I go to speak with them, you can just feel the move of God. It's, it's picking up like that. And Brother Hagin said, When faith is taught as simple as a math problem, like 2 plus 2 equals 4, that is when a little boy or a little girl can even do it, just speak the word of God, that will be the platform for miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. And so we have them speak the word, and the corporate anointing, and that corporate faith arises. And I can feel Pastor David. He's got those giftings. We're going to have him walk out on that, hallelujah, with those power gifts in Jesus' name. And in the midst of this, too, I'm running into all kinds of old visions. Oral Roberts, I'm running into Oral Roberts. He had that hospital. I'm running running into Lake. He had healing rooms. And all those things seem so easy to me because God's just showing me, showing me. And the people in the prayer groups. They're rising up to become healing technicians. They're rising up to even find other uh, unfoldings of healing, like end of care ministry, where people are getting near the end of their life, right? Because you can't just die anymore. You know what I mean? People that come alongside and speak the word to them, hallelujah, and help them step on over into glory and make sure they're going to glory, amen. Amen. Uh, Healing rooms where people who are struggling can have an actual medical doctor with someone that speaks the word. And we're also believing those healing technicians are praying for lawyers. I mean, I don't care if they're saved or not. Shoot from the hip lawyers. Where they got to do. Get us some lawyers. So that nobody ever gets sued for practicing medicine without a license. That's just Pastor David. Amen. When you guys agree here and pray for them. It's going to pull the vision. I already saw stuff here, too. It was like, um, like Lonnie said, if someone was to say, if Lonnie drove up, right now he installs glass. If he drove up with a blank van, you know, that didn't have a label or anything on it or a sign. And someone said, what do you do? Or maybe he walked up to a van uh, that, that installs windshields. And he walked up to a van and goes, wonder what this guy does for a living. If he opened the van and looked in there, he would see all this stuff. Oh, this guy installs windshields. So if you pray for them, hallelujah, you're going to see stuff in them. And them, also, they'll see more even of what they are and what they do. And as they just concentrate on what they do and what they're supposed to do, the city will be affected too. Amen? And what are the ministry meetings? Hallelujah. Who knows? Who understands? But God understands, amen, and it's all about an act of faith, that's what it's about, amen. Activating the measure of faith, and that affects your city, your state, and the nation, amen? Amen. We're a little bit over time here, but let's go ahead and pray for them for about five minutes. What do you say? What do you think? Hallelujah. Now go ahead, if you speak in other tongues, lift your voice and enunciate that prayer language. Hallelujah. Because uh, you're supposed to. Hallelujah. Ready, get set, go. Glory to God in the last days. Memories of the compache manzo. Father, we magnify the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We magnify the name of Jesus. We ask you for the spirit of, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of pastor's hearts being enlightened and they know the hope of your calling and the glorious inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you seated him at your right hand in the heavenlies, far above yeah, principalities, powers mights, dominions and every name that's named both now and in the ages yet to come and you gave him to be head over the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all oh father we do ask you for these things my God father we ask you for grace over this brand new marriage. Hallelujah. We ask you for grace on the new marriage. I thank you, Father God. That scripture says, you who get married, you'll have trouble. That's awesome. <laughs> we ask you for grace in this marriage. Na, 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 na. Don't ask what your pastor can do for you. Ask what you can do to help them. Hallelujah. Sowing prayer in, into this new family at the helm will affect your family. Oh, grace for their marriage. La. Edro edreva edrobo mananda grace for the new marriage evoge how do how's this to be how's it going this way hallelujah one make them one make them one negotiation glory to god hallelujah now, favor, we also pray. We pray for favor on them. Favor on them. And favor on everyone who attends here. In the name. Keep praying. Lift that prayer language up. Come on, lift it up, dude. The double door, the double door. Eba babi ba jeji Beckkin andbacle Yega zuzusha a zimpro bandia labrovoso labors in the Maste a voice masiancho la braga zona in the zones of the Brengan DC baja in DC 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 Ooh. there'll be a kamato there'll be a haven in the preche, preach 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 where's preaching Ambo DC Ambado I'm both DC and DC and DC. Mercy over Washington, DC. Pray to God, most today. Pray to God. Well, you see, they got to do it. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Father, oh, with those things that are just up ahead, my God. The Word and Spirit churches, my God. The Word and Spirit churches. The churches that believe in the authority of the believer. They will be the only safe haven the earth will know. They will be the only safe haven the earth will know and they will be the only safe haven that proliferates safety in the earth. They will be the hospital. They will be the psychiatric unit. They will be the bank, hallelujah. They will be the author, hallelujah, of labors that will go deep into the nations in the last days. So critical, so crucial. Oh but don't get a market Don't get bummed out of guy on the nota. There'll also be the joy station. Hallelujah. A drunken riotous joy station, ha ha ha! Because they'll have to be. Glory, I ang and na non the bole, the bole, the It ain't gonna be the cheap wine. It's gonna be shots, hallelujah! Shots of hard liquor, hallelujah! Shots of hard liquor, and God, hallelujah! No mixed drinks for this congregation. Hallelujah. Joy in the cambra soto. But I ask you, God, about the prayer base here. I ask you about the prayer base here. It always was a prayer base, and it still is. Oh, my Father, raise up prayers. Bring prayers here, my God, to pray in the last days. Come from the north, come from the south, come from the east, come from the west. Come even for your own safety. Come so that you can have in your life the best. Come here, oh God, bring them here. We ask you in Jesus' name. Can you say that with me? Say, Father God. Bring in the prayers. (laughs) From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, Father God raise up a prayer base even higher and greater than what we have now now if you believe that give him a shout to god father we thank you so much for the gathering of these christians we thank you father god how precious is faith rarely found in the earth these days but we thank you father god for them gathering together and being faithful and continuing to pray for it will prove so beneficial and so vital in the last days hallelujah glory to god go ahead and lift your hands and give him one more shout glory to god amen well, I was trying to be quick there. Sorry, I'm sweating like a pig. Hallelujah. But uh, what I am sharing does work. Hallelujah. And it will be a safe haven for you in the last days. You know, I had one lady tell me, she was, well, Dana, there's just, that's really not how she talks, but it was kind of irritating, so I'm just saying it that way. Um, she's like, well, there's just no Word of Faith churches around here in California. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> you think? Duh. You know? There's tons of churches, tons of churches that are born again. Now, if they get past the new birth, and they'll get into speaking in tongues, you know. Tons of churches that are born again and speak in tongues. But when, the, you know where the line is? The authority of the believer. The authority of the believer in faith. We talk to people out there in California all the time, born again, spirit filled. Dude, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian too. Uh, well, you believe you have authority? What are you talking about? You know. I'll tell you what when you move across that line that's where it separates from the men from the boys. Amen. And so to find a church that believes in the authority of the believer is rare and but it's so valuable. Amen. So I don't care what what churches are bigger or down the street or who's got, you know, skinnier jeans on their pastor or who's got the best coffee bar. I care about a word and spirit church that believes in the authority of the believer. And God's going to use you and he's going to maintain to keep you safe doing the will of God. He's going to use you to help other people. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And I'm 15 minutes over.